Hi, this is Sean Hathaway. This is my podcast, Breakaway. And today I'm going to concentrate a little bit on Disney. This week they announced a big reorganization to focus on their streaming product. And uh, Netflix has their earnings release next week. Netflix stock price hit an all-time high today of 460-something. That's good if you own Netflix. By the way, I, I, I own a lot of Netflix, so that's a... I'm I'm totally um, disclosing kind of my 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 interest there, uh, but I own them, and by saying that, I would probably recommend other people own them too. I don't currently own Disney. I'm looking for an opportunity to buy. I think when Disney was at sub one hundred dollars, that was probably a good opportunity that I missed. Um, right now, it might be a good opportunity. I think Disney's going to be around uh, for a very very long time. I just think that it's very painful watching them transition and uh, to this to the streaming platform they're trying to do so let's just dive right into that actually so so this week let, let's just let's just kind of like back up a little bit one uh disney is in shambles uh currently they're going to recover the the analogy i was kind of thinking about was disney's businesses have essentially been nuked by COVID 19 so let's think about their businesses. Theme parks are obviously shut down. They're, they announced this week they're laying off 28,000 employees. So theme parks like Disney World and Disneyland, and they have ones in Shanghai and um, Tokyo, I think, and, and Paris, etc. So they're all having troubles. All their, They're pushing lots of big movies. All their big movie releases are being pushed to 2021, or ones like Mulan, they're trying to charge 30 bucks to us on Disney+, Plus, which isn't going over well. And uh, movie theaters are closed. Obviously, that's why they're pushing stuff out. And then Disney Cruises. I mean, anybody up for a coronavirus uh, cruise in the Bahamas? Yeah, not really. And then sporting events. So sporting is kind of coming back right now. In fact, it's actually pretty entertaining to watch. But that did hurt uh, ESPN and ABC Sports, at least initially. I'm assuming they're, they're getting some of that business back. But... I do think that ESPN, and we'll kind of understand more of this later, I think they're going to end up being hurt because ESPN, I feel like, is becoming, it's not just me, I think a lot of media pundits have pointed this out, that it's becoming more of a political, um, very politically biased channel as opposed to just sports reporting. It's clear, at least to me, that most of the anchors and analysts at ESPN are, are, are very... Um, kind of kind of left leaning um, to an extreme where they they voice their opinions and and I think it's turning viewers and listeners off a little bit but we'll see I guess in, in short I'd say that the ESPN social wokeness is is hurting their viewership and listenership so we'll see so anyway let's go back to Disney and just talk first you need to understand that Disney had uh, one of widely regarded one of the most um, successful, accomplished CEOs of of all time, and Bob Iger, well liked too. Just just a stud. Um, hopefully, the guy will run for run for president, and we can all vote for him because he, he seems to really know what he's doing and how to organize people, etc. So, Bob Iger resigns though in I think it was March or April this year. I think it was April, right before the earnings release, and 
completely abrupt, unexpected. Everybody thought he was going to be on for at least another two years. He picked, arguably, you could argue it was a good time to resign or a bad time. It was a good time maybe for him because he wanted to deal with all this coronavirus nonsense and destruction to the Disney business. Uh, bad time because Disney really needs him. But anyhow, he's still there in kind of this executive chairman role, which I think basically means he's mentoring his uh, successor, who is Bob Chappick. So here's the interesting thing. So this, thing. So this new CEO, Bob Chappick, he was in charge of Disney parks. Okay, so this guy's when you think about Disney, right, it's parks, but everything Disney kind of derives initially from its content you know they put out a movie uh it could be star wars could be marvel it could be mickey mouse and um and the the movie starts it goes to the business it goes to the theaters people watch it and then eventually you you buy the merchandise and maybe go to the theme park and and see the um the the new star wars land so it's interesting that that Bob Chappick, who doesn't have a lot of media and entertainment experience, was placed in as their CEO. I don't, it's probably, I mean, he could be great and, and, and time will tell, but that's kind of a red flag. We'll come back to that. So what they've done now, though, is we've got our Disney Plus, um, very confusing for, for users, by the way. Um, particularly when you compare this to like net, a Netflix where there's just Netflix. With Disney, you've got Disney Plus, you've got Hulu, you've got ESPN Plus, and then you've got something they're touting that I don't fully understand. They're launching the Star International, so some other <clears throat> some other streaming service available internationally. In addition to all that, you can continue watching their numerous cable and TV channels and movies and theaters when those open, stuff like that. So it's it's a confusing consumer proposition. It's, it's how where do you go to, to watch Disney stuff? Well, there's probably 30 places you can go. So I think that the good thing here is Disney recognizes that the future is in streaming and they know that they need to kind of start funneling content in that direction. And so this recent management restructuring is a nod or acknowledgement that that's where they need to go. Okay, so let me talk about that a little bit. So first you need to understand the three kind of content groups in Disney, okay? Most people know this, but it's, it's worth thinking about a little bit. So Disney has studios. And studios, they, they refer to as kind of like movie studios. So think about Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Lucas Lucasfilm, that's Star Wars stuff, and then 20th Century Fox. I think they actually dropped the Fox. I think they just call it 20th Century now. So you got all these different studios. By the way, if you want to compare that to Netflix, Netflix has one. It's called Netflix Studios. <laughs> That's just an internal uh, reference for them as well. And then, and then they have what's called general entertainment, which is like, think about all their TV channels, like ABC, FX, National Geographic, lots of two or three different Disney channels. <clears throat> and then they have sports. Think about the different ESPNs and ABC Sports as well. So those are kind of their three areas, movie studios, general TV, and then sports. And so now these three divisions are going to still be led by their leaders, and I think they call them chairman, and they're going to report to the CEO. But now they've created this new group called Media and Entertainment Distribution Group. Okay, 
this is where it gets really interesting. So this group is going to be in charge of, I'm just going to read it um, from their press release, um, or, or it's going to be led by a, a relatively young uh, and I would say inexperienced, at least in the content production and kind of media space. But, but anyhow, very accomplished, Kareem Daniel, and here I'm reading. He's a 46-year-old executive who previously ran consumer products, games, and publishing. He will be responsible for the PL management and all distribution, operations, sales, advertising, data, and technology functions worldwide for all of the company's content engines. And it will also manage operations of the company's streaming service and domestic television networks. So basically, Mr. Kareem Daniel is going to take all of the content that these three areas that I previously described make, and then he and his team. And this new group will be in charge of like how it is distributed, whether it goes straight to Disney Plus, whether it goes to if it's a movie, maybe it goes to the theaters first, uh, it's a TV show. Does it go to Disney Plus? Does it go to Hulu? Does it go on to FX? You know, who knows? He and then in in, in addition, it, he he's in charge of all marketing, uh, you know, advertising and and the technology to to run all of this. So. That's kind of almost like a CEO job in, in itself right there. Um, so kind of what are – I see a lot of red flags in this. Again, I don't want to say that Disney is going to fail because they're not in the long term. I just don't see it. They're, they're, this company is like chock full of Ivy League MBAs and ex-McKinsey and consulting folks and just a lot of really, really, really smart individuals. But I think my, my general thesis is that they are – um, you can be, you can have super smart people working for you, but if you haven't organized in a way that that kind of enables them to work together efficiently, then you're, um, you know, you're just not going to get the the results that you you might want. So anyhow, so big red flags. One, Bob Iger resigned abruptly. Bob Chap, which I already mentioned, Bob Chapek is, um, you know, I don't know about his experience. I think it's a wait and to be determined. Disney's still talking about all of these different channels. They're still talking about their Disney Plus, their Hulu, their ESPN Plus, and their Star International. It's like, okay, guys, why don't you just have one service, one service and throw it all there? You know, maybe you separate ESPN Plus because it's kind of sports, and that's a whole nother discussion, but it's just so confusing. Um, and then you've got this kind of new guy. So get this. So I mean, Kareem Daniels got his work cut out for him. One, he's only 46 years old, and he has to basically deal with these these three or four chairmen of these three areas that I previously mentioned, studios, general entertainment, sports. So what do you think is going to happen when a movie you know, doesn't do well or some TV show comes out on ABC and it's not popular or something? They're going to go to Kareem, and they're going to say... Either A, you didn't, well, they're going to say a lot of things. One, you didn't allocate enough marketing budget or advertising budget to this, or I, or clearly it should have gone on to network television first and then gone into Disney Plus maybe four weeks later, or it should have gone to the movie theater first where it would have earned all this money, and you put it in Disney Plus and it didn't earn any money, and now my, my movie looks bad because not a lot of people saw it. There are so many issues here. It's going to be, um, it's going to be nuts. 
Netflix kind of has that. They don't have the issue nearly at that, at that level because Netflix clearly has only one place to put their content. The only thing they have to debate internally is how do they allocate content on that page where you, where you land as a consumer. So um, anyhow, Disney, very slow to turn the ship, very, um, very painful to watch. I was thinking it's kind of like watching my, or when you're helping your kid do like math homework. And it's, it's not so complex math that you're, you think they're never going to understand this, but it might be like maybe they're learning algebra or something. Um, and um, you're like, I know they're going to get this, but it is really painful trying to watch them come up to speed here. Um, so that's kind of how I feel like watching uh, Disney is right now. Okay, on some slightly lighter notes now, I learned yesterday through newspapers, social media, news everywhere that there is a big difference between sexual orientation and sexual preference. And I learned this through the questioning of the soon-to-be or proposed new, what do you call it, Supreme Court judge Amy Coney Barrett, why do I think of Sasha Barrett Cohen when I hear that name? But anyway, Amy Coney Barrett seems like a pretty, pretty sharp woman. Um, but yeah, big, big difference between orientation and preference. Um, so go, go read about that, those differences. Um, I will say, and I'm trying to avoid political issues or, or policy thoughts to de- depth here, but I don't think that. Democrats did themselves a lot of good by pushing that that difference and in, in the media news because honestly, even if you are um, a Democrat and opposed to Amy Coney Barrett's nomination, like I'm guessing 95 percent of people, Democrat or Republican, had no idea that saying uh, sexual preference was highly offensive. I, I just I don't buy it. I didn't know it. I honestly, I honestly can't keep up with the wokeness here, but uh, I got that one now. So that's that's one I got. I learned. Commit that one to memory, guys. Um, uh, on the COVID front, you know, COVID is COVID. Did read an article on the front page of the news, New York Times today, though, that somebody was charged a fifty-two thousand uh, dollar helicopter ride. Fifty-two thousand dollars. So their hospitals apparently it was from one hospital, the next hospital. Uh, wanted to move her. She's in critical COVID condition. And uh, both hospitals were in network, but the helicopter company was not in network. And here's, <laughs> it gets even worse. The helicopter company is owned by some private equity company. And I guess these private equity companies have been lobbying Congress to not get certain laws and rules passed because this is actually a, a bipartisan agreement on this issue in terms of unexpected secret billings. I mean, you're in critical condition. I see you. They say, we've got to move you to the next hospital. You say, yeah, move me. And then you get a $52,000 bill. Uh, okay. So seems pretty basic. That shouldn't be happening. Not a good look for private equity. Um, I should talk more about private equity later. We should do that. Uh, another kind of fun light note. Dropbox announced, I think today, that they are going to have their San Francisco Silicon Valley company work from home forever. I wonder if that'll really hold up. I mean, you got to wonder. Um, 
And then on the other side of the coin, you've got J.P. Morgan building uh, near completion of the sec- what will be the second tallest building in Manhattan and uh, housing 14,000 workers. And that'll, of course, be J.P. Morgan's headquarters. And Jamie Diamond, who is the CEO of J.P. Morgan, very smart, well-respected guy, has said, I want everybody in the office. Everyone in the office. Hey, that reminds me, actually, Reed Hastings said in an interview that he wants everyone in the office, too. He thinks that uh, working from home is not good for collaboration. Uh, go figure. Okay. So, everybody have a great day. Thanks for listening. And... Uh, Uh, You can find me at uh, HathawayFinancial.com. Take it easy.